Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon. We're the twice-weekly podcast dedicated to celebrating the radio show Turn podcast, Too Beautiful to Live. On Fridays, we give you uh, sort of a companion piece to TVTL, a look back, if you will. And on Friday, we talked about Rush and uh, Luke being angry at birds. And it was a pretty entertaining way to <laughs> to get our minds off um, the what happened on Tuesday night. So if you want to go back and listen to that, that's a lot of fun. But it's Monday now, so we're going to give you a recap of last week's TBTL. My name is Mike Frizzell. I live in a glass case of insects in Kyle, Texas, uh, and I can't do this all by myself. So uh, I've got a couple people along with me today. My two favorite co-hosts, don't tell anyone, um, just up north of me on the most dangerous stretch of I-35 or most dangerous stretch of freeway in the world, really. And that's I-35 is uh, Meredith. She's in Dallas, Texas. Hello, Meredith. Hey, Mike. And from the stick of Butter Studios. I don't know if it's Stick of Butter or Stick of Butter. Maybe she'll straighten us out sometime. But uh, from way up I-35 in New Brighton, Minnesota is Anne Lundholm. Hello, Anne. Hey, Mike. It's been an amazing week, hasn't it? I am so excited that we have our first woman president. Uh, Anne. um, No, it's great. And, And that we flipped the House and the Senate to Democratic control. Um, That's so great. And we're going to um, confirm Merrick Garland right away, I assume. And so I don't see how things can be looking any brighter for this country. Oh, and on a personal note, I wanted to thank everyone for their well wishes. Um, Justin Trudeau and I are very happy. (laughs) Um, I think we're going to spend a lot of time in Ottawa, especially when the Canadian Parliament's in session. But I I do plan to get back to the States a lot because I don't want to be away from my best friend, Tina Fey, for too long. So things are really going well with me. How are you guys? It's worse than we thought, apparently, Meredith. This is uh, some serious denial. She's lost it. She's really <laughs> lost it. She, she and Justin Trudeau are braiding each other's hair. <laughs> His hair is almost long enough to braid. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Put him in some little cornrows. He'll be so hip. Tragically, even. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is one way to deal with reality. I'm, I'm up here. I'm, I'm building an elaborate fantasy world for myself <laughs> that I, I plan to inhabit for the next mm, four years. I can't say I'm not jealous. I yeah, mean, I, th- I wish I'd thought of it. I'm still just mad. <laughs> I'm just mad all the time. Yep. Um, okay, so uh, we're going to do a little LRB business. Hopefully we'll get uh, somebody with a butterfly net to throw over Anne over at her place and get her under control. <laughs> we'll do the weekend review. We have some housekeeping and, of course, the ways to get involved. Uh, LRB business this week. Uh, we, have, um, we have a jam tracker update. It's been a while, but we... Uh, and what happened there? Oh, well, we had a donation from Angela Gunderson in Phoenix. Thank you, Angela. I'm so happy that you are um, stocking up, helping us stock up on our, our jams, because I feel like we're going to need it in the coming <laughs> month. <laughs> you know, yeah, not, once the, committee, the, for appro- yeah, the, the committee for Appropriate Speech is going to start listening to some <laughs> podcasts, and I... I feel like we're not going to make the cut. If uh, if you haven't seen this week's newsletter, um, Andrew really knocked it out of the park with his mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> his dystopian view of the future of TVTL and himself and Genevieve and their underground bunker. I, c- I can picture him puttering around down there. Um, mm-hmm. 
It was funny to hear that Theo was already a libertarian. <laughs> no one was surprised by yeah. that. It really did make a lot of sense. <laughs> Given his behavior, sure. But yeah, with the holidays coming up um, and and with the new administration coming, we're going to probably be getting in more jams than ever. So thank you, mm-hmm. Angela, very much. Um, Meredith, I understand we have a pup date. What's up with Eddie? Yeah, we have a pup date. So we were in New York last weekend and Eddie went to daycare uh, and boarding for the time that we were gone. And the place that we take him has the option of having them sleep in their own dens at night. So they're in the play area, you know, hanging out with all the other dogs during the day. And then they go into their own little cubby at night. And we did that the first time we did like a little trial run when we first uh, tried him out there. And he didn't like it. He didn't like being in his own little den at night. And and that doesn't surprise me because he doesn't like being alone. And so you have the option to let him just sleep in the play area um, mm-hmm. with other dogs. And so they, they recommended that. And that's what we've been doing. And we were gone for a total of our flight was really early in the morning out and then we arrived back very late so he was there the day before and the day after so he was in daycare for a total of five days pretty much just with other dogs in this crazy big playroom the whole entire time and i think he didn't stop moving the entire time (laughs) too they've got a little webcam you can watch him and he's just running around and playing and having a great time the whole entire five days and he came home and he was just zonked like the second he got in the car he fell asleep and he slept for like two days straight Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it's just that he's getting older or if daycare did something to him, but he has like overnight turned into this chillest dog ever. Like, mm. you know, Mike, you, you knew when he was a little puppy, you had to babysit him yeah. and he was a bit anxious and, and pretty active. And, you know, he's a puppy, puppy energy. Um, but he, that is gone. Like, you know, one of us leaves the house and he doesn't cry. And he right now is just sitting there staring at me like peacefully and kind of with his eyes fluttering about to fall asleep. Um, He spends most of his time in the backyard in the sun on his little platform, pretending to be a tall dog and looking at the squirrels. (laughs) Um, And it's just been wonderful. I can put him in his crate without him crying. He's, (laughs) I don't know what happened, but I think we all need to channel some of his calm energy Mm -hmm. this week. Yeah, um, I think maybe that extended stay probably did it for him. He just became independent yeah. in, in a way, you know? It's like, I guess I'm on my own. So you guys are a nice luxury now that he's back in the fold. But, right. But I guess he felt like I, I'm I'm in charge of me and my happiness now, which we all are now. <laughs> we can't depend on Hillary. It's all up to us, yeah. <laughs> was he happy to see you or was he like, uh, you guys... Uh, I got him. He he gave me a, a glance and then was like, I'm going to bed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. When we used to get our Good dogs uh, from from uh, boarding, I mean, first of all, I'd be driving them out there. And as soon as they could recognize any of the road feel or the smells or whatever mm-hmm. it was within a mile of this place, they'd start to go out of their minds because they loved it so much. Super insulting to me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> because I get them there and then they're climbing all over each other just to just to get back there. These are my old dogs, our, our new dogs, not as much. I mean, they're still excited, but uh and then when yeah, you get them back, they they get in the back seat and then they're asleep all the way until you get home and then they sleep for <laughs> basically a day yeah. or two when they get home because they're so excited to be there because they get to play with all these dogs that they don't never occurs to them to rest. Like they normally sleep 20 hours a day and there maybe they sleep five. Who knows mm-hmm. how much, but I'm, I'm glad for you. That's, that's, uh, I, I know having a puppy weighs on your mind all the time. Yes. Like you don't does. have any stress from owning Molly. 
you know? No, not really. Yeah. Well, when it thunder, when there's thunder, when there's thunder, yeah. Oh, poor Molly. I know. And 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 I knew this would happen. I knew he would calm down. It was just interesting how quick it happened right. and how just like immediate. Yeah. All right. Um, well, and Kyle, I don't have much of an update. Um, no stump date until uh, at least Wednesday when uh, go back and we take another look at it. it. Looks pretty good to me. I'm taking care of it. Uh, you know, oiling it up. Making it all sexy. Mm. <laughs> but uh, other than that... Where are those Kyle, pictures? <laughs> we'll get some more pictures on Wednesday, but uh, we're none of the sexy boudoir stump shots. I don't share those with the chat. Those uh, are for Emily only? It's for her only, yes. For her eyes only. And I have. there's, of course, a Reddit subgroup that I'm... Right. <laughs> you know, involved with. But other than that, we're just snapping necks and cashing checks down here in Kyle, Texas. So... Uh, the week in review, I will take Monday. Uh, it was the best of times and the blurst of times. And what a title as, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as we now know is coming. Um, there is more basement flooding at uh, Burbank Springs. This doesn't seem like something that they should continue to try to handle on their own. Well, or they could maybe remember to implement the solution that they came <laughs> up with last year. <laughs> I mean, we heard enough talk about the crazy gutters and that they, they just didn't bother to put them on. Do you think the crazy gutters are even going to work? I mean, yeah, sure, they should try them. But I, I don't know. I have terrible problems in the winter with ice dams here in Minnesota. And a couple of years ago, I started putting heating coils on my roof. And I am not taking any chance that it's going to be okay. I am plugging those suckers in at the first sign of a snowflake. And if I was looking yeah. Carrie, I'd be getting those cutters on there immediately. All right. You have to explain to me ice dams and how you, what these heat coils are. and what I, I'm from the very mild Pacific Northwest, so I'm not familiar. <laughs> um, when it's cold outside, the heat in your house rises and goes up through the ceiling and into the attic, depending on the, the insulation and um, what kind of holes you have into the attic, you know, anytime, anywhere that you have like a light cut in or whatever, there's a hole for the heat to go out. And so it goes up into the the peak of the roof and it melts whatever snow is on the roof. And the snow runs down to the edge of the roof and then it's over, it's the eaves, right? So there's nothing underneath it heating it up and it freezes along the edge of the house or on the gutters. And so it runs down and it freezes and it runs down and it freezes and it builds a dam across the edge of the roof. And eventually the water backs up under the shingles and then starts leaking into the interior of the house. Oh. Or it destroys either your gutter or pulls shingles off or does any number of things to the outside of your okay. house. Yes, it's terrible. And yeah. and it's a particular problem in my townhome development and in in any development like this that was built by Rotland Homes, those bastards. They're out of business now. <laughs> they were called the Rotland so, Homes? Uh-huh. Rotland Homes. Okay. And uh and we have tried everything um to address this, but it's a design flaw. And so what we did a few years ago is they have these they call them heat trace tapes or heating cables or heating coils or something. And it's basically just a, a a cord that you plug in and it heats up. And so you put those on the house and they um, don't allow the um, the water to freeze up into ice. 
And so then you won't get dams and it won't leak. And I've had them on for a couple of years and they've worked like a charm. And, Mm. you know, they add to your electric bill like another 50 bucks a month or whatever, but I don't care. It's better than having to replace all your gutters or your roof. Yep. That's, that's interesting. Maybe, um, maybe the Burbanks need you and a put on the tool belt and put the mechanical (laughs) pencil behind your ear and take a walk around Burbank Springs. And I watch this old house. Yeah, there's a great deal that you can do with grading. Um, we had to do that at our house in Michigan because the backyard was sloped toward the house. Um, and so we, we dug up the entire yard and installed French drains. Uh, these, these, you know, huge PVC pipes that, that, uh, that filter the water from the house and drain it away and into these rock wells deep underground. And we did that all ourselves. <laughs> and then we moved to Texas, yeah. <laughs> of course. <laughs> but, you know, Detroit had a massive uh, rainstorm with serious, serious flooding uh, the next year, I think, after we moved. And, and our basement had a little bit of water, but what we had done had seriously helped. Uh, it probably would have flooded several feet if we hadn't done all that. So there's things you can do. I don't know what exactly their problem is. Sounds like they have foundation issues. Yeah, I, I don't know. I we talked about it a lot last year, as I recall. But weren't they thinking it was like the water table or the groundwater levels or something like something the, beyond yeah. their? It control. was already the ground was already saturated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I don't think there's a whole lot they can do. I mean, they got themselves a money pit, and they they've done as yep. much as they can. And I guess they just have to get out the towels every mm-hmm. every winter, you know, and sniff some rosemary. To distract them from the basement mold. <laughs> that was nice of uh, mother-in-law Cheryl to yeah. give them a little yeah. rosemary plant. <laughs> and and maybe they don't put carpet down. Yeah. Yeah. Carpeting a basement is always creepy, whether you flood yeah. or not. So Agreed. <laughs> uh, when I was a kid, we carpeted our basement. It never felt right. Never, never felt right, even though we didn't. That's another thing we did in Michigan is our, our basement did have carpet and we ripped it out. That was one of the first things we did when we moved in. Yeah. It's you know a pedophile lived there. The carpet. <laughs> it was dark green, really thick, plush carpet. Doesn't show the stains. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this this Monday show was a special uh, and guest producer Ann Schreckengost <laughs> edition. As the entire show is is the two clips that Ann pulled. I think we talked about those clips last week. That we Ann, did. <laughs> Ann pulled for. Uh, you pulled them for, gave them to Andrew, and then I guess he passed them on, or did you also send them to Luke? I sent them to both of them because I knew that Andrew was going out of town, so I right. thought I'll just send them to Luke too. Maybe, maybe he's doing some work on it. Yeah, well, he managed to to take a day off with it, more or less, which is good for him. Um, you, he said that uh, you sorted through all the unuseful prattle and found the useful. <laughs> prattle about the election and Donald <laughs> Trump that they'd been talking about before. Remind me, uh, what were both of these clips again? Um, the first clip was Donald Trump announcing his uh, candidacy for president. And mm-hmm. they talked about how incredibly unsuitable and what a joke he was and refused to use his name. And the second one was uh, Chris Hayes saying that he would take oh, yeah. a Trump victory for a Cubs victory. Yeah. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> Has he? Has anyone found any tape of him talking about this anywhere? Have you uh-uh. seen anything? Mm-mm. There, Mm-mm. there was a oh god, what show was he on? Um, I don't remember if it was Seth Meyers, maybe this week, and um, there was some tiny little mea culpa 
in there somewhere. But it was like it was the um, second half of the interview, and I couldn't find the first half, so I don't know exactly what they talked about, whether it was just um, uh, the media's role in all of this or what. Yeah, uh, he's going to have to be on the show at one point and answer. He's, he has to be called on the carpet for mm-hmm. his Cubs Clearly. thing. Uh, I, I listened to uh, the Bill Simmons podcast, and he has a friend who's a Republican on, and they were talking politics. And this guy was pretty incredulous that Donald Trump got elected, and he was not one of the Repu- Republicans that voted for Trump. And it was it was just so interesting to hear somebody who, who you thought there were a lot more of these people out there. You really did. But no, they weren't out there. But um, what they said was they never thought that they would be sitting there uh, recording, recording a show right after the Cubs won the World Series and Donald Trump became <laughs> mm-hmm. president. So, uh, wow, pretty crazy. But um, before we get off of uh, Monday... And you 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 noticed a quote <laughs> that Luke Luke fired off. Yes, Luke was talking about the election and how important it was, and he said, "quote For the haters and the losers, yes, I did vote." <laughs> and if anyone's new to listening to TBTL, Luke took a lot of shit uh, a few years ago when he went on a little rant about how your vote doesn't count. <laughs> and he didn't vote. Well, actually, actually, he he didn't vote. It, I'm reversing it. He didn't vote, and then he he got defensive and went on a rant about right. how your vote yeah. doesn't count. He didn't come on to give a, a rant. He said he didn't vote. Andrew called Andrew him said, out. "Are you shitting me?" <laughs> exactly. And then Luke had to sort of invent a rant that says your vote doesn't count on the spot, unless and you are the it. one person. Right. Unless it's balanced 50-50 and you are the one last person right. who hasn't voted, then your vote counts. Right. If it's if you're down to like the number of people on Survivor, then it starts to count, you know. <laughs> but other than that, screw it, don't do it. So but, why did he bother this time? Uh, I think I know. He's married, for one thing. Mm-hmm. And I don't think she was going to let him not vote. <laughs> you know what I mean? She's had a real civilizing effect on him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like you're you're not going to vote against Donald Trump. I mean, yeah. yes, you are. So yes, you are. Yeah. Exactly. We'll get you to take him by the ear. You know, make him make him fill out his ballot. And, and in Washington, it's mail in, guys. Come on. <laughs> yeah, there's no reason not to. Exactly. All right. Uh, I think that's all we had for Monday. Unless you got, I mean, it was just those clips that we'd heard before. And Anne, you know, great job producing that show. Right, put mm-hmm. that, put that on your LinkedIn. <laughs> Thank you. I read the description of the show, and I was like, "Oh my God! If he does not give me an associate producer credit <laughs> for this, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we would have understood if you walked." Yes, he he was very he was very sweet about it. So mm. <laughs> I never thought, of course, that they would actually use those clips it was just because they were talking about it and andrew said oh hey christy or somebody pull those clips and i thought sure i'll spend 10 minutes doing that it was a good show so Mm -hmm. congratulations (laughs) thank you (laughs) what do you got for tuesday tuesday 2246 opposite brands of nonsense uh luke has to get two cavities filled today at the dentist i think these may be the first two cavities that he's ever had filled Given his history of A, not going to the dentist, and B, uh, eight years ago, he talked about how he had never had any cavities and thus did not need to go to the dentist. 
So I wrote in my notes, justice, as someone who has always taken very good care of their teeth and who has had cavities, it really yeah. pissed me off Yeah, that he was so cavalier about it all. And it's just like he, he finally got his comeuppance. But he did send a good tweet about um, he had to go to the dentist and get two cavities filled. And that was a nice break from the stress of the election. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's funny because it's true. It's probably yeah. true. Yep. <laughs> sedate me sedate the fuck out of me right now please mm -hmm. um so andrew's back from the cleave and they are absolutely obsessed with election coverage i think a lot of us felt that way right mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. luke heartily resents any non-election coverage of anything he compared himself to Gollum. <laughs> He said he was slinking around in his cave just with the, my precious <laughs> thing. But he does acknowledge that it's probably not good for the news media to cover this wall-to-wall -wall with no um, limitations. Like, it was just sort of feeding our strange election high <laughs> right? to just be on it forever. As soon as the stuff, the information actually started to come over like uh i i the funniest thing is like some of these southern states it was like alabama one percent reporting declared for trump mm -hmm. right. <laughs> okay it was like uh, that one percent was 167 to two so they were just like we're right. going to extrapolate that I was watching MSNBC most of the day, and once their serious election uh, results coverage started, Chris Hayes was there, but he was doing other news. You know, it was Rachel Maddow doing all the, the reporting on the results, and then they would cut every once in a while to Chris Hayes, and he's like, hi, I'm doing everything that is an election. <laughs> and every time he'd come on, first of all, I'd be pissed that that's what they were using him for. And also, like, I didn't want to hear about it. <laughs> right. Like, don't stop with this. Elect it was sort of driving me crazy, and actually, it was probably good. But there were things, other things going on. There was a shooting in California yeah. mm -hmm. that got like no coverage almost because of it was so overshadowed. Yeah, and Meredith, did you notice that nobody talked about Texas even for a second? They just went, yeah, it just went red. <laughs> yep, you know, and then not even a. I mean, how many millions no of people are in Texas? Kidding. There was never any mention of it. It's just like I know. All right, it's red. There's a couple. Although of I'd like to state for the record that Hillary did take Dallas County. Nice. She yeah. She took uh, she took Travis County, which is Austin, like yeah, by sixty with sixty seven percent. She lost my county, Hayes County, just by a little bit. Just by really? just by a few hundred votes, so not bad. Not a bad showing bad. here in uh, in Kyle. Mm -hmm. And on the other hand, Minnesota, that is reliably blue, they didn't call forever. It got late in the evening, and it was just sitting up there gray. And I'm like, what is wrong with you people? Obama yeah. won the state by like nine points last mm -hmm. time. Yeah. Well, you, it is pretty embarrassing when your state goes for Donald J. Trump. Yep. <laughs> Pretty embarrassing. I'm I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed for our country, and I'm embarrassed Me for too. my state. It's it's embarrassing. There's no way around it. It's embarrassing. Nope. Uh, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah. Right, right. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> don't spoil it, Mike. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Spoiler alert. We embarrassed ourselves. Uh, Luke and Carrie are going to make uh, patriotic tacos and make a night of it. We. We do get mentioned. I think it turned out to be patriotic taco dip, but he definitely said patriotic tacos yeah. on Tuesday. Um, Andrew is very bummed that he won't be in a newsroom tonight for the election. Um, he likes the hustle and bustle and the feeling of 
of being involved with it. And Luke, of course, has newsroom memories of election night as well that he wants to. I think they totally could have used those guys in the newsroom if only to do the. Sure. Adds a level of professionalism and enthusiasm. <laughs> uh, oh, Ron, what's what's going on? What's going on in Minnesota? Has it been declared? <laughs> no, still gray. <laughs> and doesn't Luke point out that Andrew could go drop by Cairo if he really wanted to? Sure. Mm-hmm. Why not? But um, because Genevieve is has been incredibly anxious about the election, and um, if you listen to after these messages, she's even. She's not, she hasn't filtered herself at all on how she feels, but she is throwing a quote, Trump concession day party. Mm. Yeah. And mm. inviting people over. And Andrew doesn't want to have any part of this. He doesn't want to be social. He wants to uh, be like Luke, walk, watching the Seahawks, sitting on the edge of the chair, mm. no talking. I'm concentrating. <laughs> he is not interested in having any. Um, any kind of of social contact on this that night, uh, which yeah. I understand. I had a um, choir rehearsal that night. It was supposed to go till nine thirty, but I said fuck this, and I left at like eight <laughs> twenty. I said mm-hmm. there are more important things than this. But somebody in my choir was advocating for people to go out after rehearsal and and hang out, not necessarily to watch the election, but to, just to have a social time. And I was like, you people are nuts if this is what you want to do on this night. I had sort of a party. Um, it was uh, me and one friend. And <laughs> Duff was supposed to be there, but he was very sick. He got a terrible cold, probably from touching the subway poles. And uh, so he was upstairs in bed. And so uh, it was me and my friend Jocelyn. And she wanted to come over because her husband is... Uh, he didn't vote for Trump, but he also... He's one of those, like, I'm not going to vote because I can't stand either yeah so yeah. he didn't vote and she didn't want to be around him during this yeah. <laughs> totally she said, can i please come over and watch this with you and i said sure and so i try I, I was so confident that it was going to be a celebration that i got two bottles of champagne i bought all the red white and blue food i could find uh it's hard to find blue food by the way i got uh mm-hmm. blue rock candy and and light baby bells which are still sitting in my fridge because who eats those yeah light cheese <laughs> what are you a yeah, monster well, i got plenty of the red ones those are almost gone uh and so I, I got all this this patriotic food and champagne, and then we were sh- we were just sitting on the couch, kind of curled up in, into balls with our teeth chattering, like no 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 no. Mm-hmm. And she left at about I don't know ten thirty because she was just like I can't handle this anymore. I have to go home and go to sleep. So it ended up being more of a dirge than a party. Yeah, um, we we got uh, finally got some TV going here in Kyle, so I had all, access to all the channels, and I was flipping around between the major networks just to see how they were covering it. And Emily goes to bed really early these days. So she was probably in bed asleep by like seven thirty before things started to get really bad. So, um, I should have done what Bobby did and just wake her gently in the morning, <laughs> <laughs> let her down easy. But, uh, I think I, I sent her like texts that she would see when she got up and, and I think she, unfortunately, I think she's like getting up to pee at three in the morning and going, Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Duff had fallen asleep, I think, in a NyQuil daze, which Uh I envied him for that. But uh, we woke up at roughly the same time, and he rolled over to me and said, who? And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's probably pretty rough for him because the circles he runs in, there's probably a lot of support. A lot of Republicans, maybe not as much support 
open support for Trump, but he probably hears. There are definitely Republicans. It. Yeah. And, and, but the, the, the people who are our friends who are, you know, died in the wool Republicans, maybe they secretly voted for him. You know, maybe they, they got into the, the, the ballot box and said, Oh, I have to vote for a Republican. But well, we were talking about this ahead of time. Several of them even said to us, like, we can't, he's crazy. We're not even going to, we're not going to vote for him. I'm mm -hmm. going to write in somebody else, or I'm just going to skip that one and vote for everything else. So I, I think a lot of, of rational Republicans had a real issue with him too. I, I think mm -hmm. there might've been some sentiment like that, but then when they actually stood there or they had their ballot in front of them, they were like, Oh, why not? Right. You know? <laughs> That's what I think. They they didn't wanna they didn't wanna do it or they didn't want to admit to it. But, but they nobody wants to it. leave it blank, you know? It's the no. it's presidential election and you're like, I'm gonna yeah. leave it blank. Ah, mm -mm. this clown. May as well vote straight ticket at the end, yeah. yeah. Well, I watched coverage until about eleven thirty central and then the writing was kind of on the wall by that time. I had been doing a lot of electoral math in my head and I was like, This it's not gonna work. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then they they um the networks went to Clinton camp campaign headquarters or whatever, or the victory uh, space, and they were panning over the audience and they were just catching um, views of young women openly weeping. Mm -hmm. And I thought, I got to go to bed. Yeah. yeah. So I went to bed and in the morning I woke up and I thought, if I just don't look at my phone, <laughs> then it won't have happened. I had myself a real like a Schrodinger's election right. going on. As long <laughs> just as I call your call your best friend, Tina. Right. <laughs> just have a little chat. Don't look Crawl at the back news. into bed with Pierre. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a awesome night. But Andrew yeah. decides to put on his big boy pants and support Genevieve and be a part of her party. So he wouldn't I'm hand really out Halloween candy, but at least he stepped up and. Yep. And um, they introduced the Chicago Hope Level donors for the day. And not just when I was kind of getting fond of Count Ducula. They came up with something else. You're the only one besides somebody on the Stens page who had <clears throat> really gotten into Count Ducula. I'm not saying that I liked Count Ducula, but I was starting to feel strangely fond of it. Well, I'm saying as a kid, four as a kid you, you watched Count Ducula, right? No, no, it was the other one that what I watched. What was the other one? I loved Rent -a -ghost. Count Ducula. Oh, right. Sorry. Rent-A-Ghost, sure. I think Count Ducula and Danger Mouse were two of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't, I've never watched Chicago Hope, so I didn't recognize that theme song. It's probably the most uh, innocuous donor song they've used so far. Yeah, it's pretty bland. Yeah. I will take generic TV song. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Keep that going you could for tell me that was the Chicago Hope theme song, and I couldn't, uh, you know, I'd be like, sure. Yep. <laughs> Top story for today is Pantsuit Nation, the secret, non secret Facebook page that, um, is a celebration of Hillary Clinton. It's There's no negativity. I haven't been on it, so I don't know. I'm just uh, going off their reports. But it's not connected to her campaign in any way. And um, it's supposed to inspire people who are voting for Clinton and not against Trump. Somebody added me to it. Yeah. yeah somebody added me to it, too. And it is nice. Um, I had to turn off notifications and take it out of my feed because it was like nonstop. Everything. Oh, I bet. Um, but it was a, there was a lot of sweet stuff leading up to the election. It was people posting pictures of their grandmothers who were in the hospital and they, they managed to vote for a woman president like right before they died or, you know, these really kind of touching stories. Uh, people taking pictures of themselves with their babies in the, 
when they go to vote for for Hillary and things like that. So it was it was a very nice little positive place. Now it's kind of focused. It's getting a little bit negative. It's like we should boycott Trump stuff, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I mean, I agree with. It's just that, you know, I, I think it's starting to turn a little bit. But Hillary did give him a shout out in her right. uh, speech on Wednesday morning. It'll be interesting to know um, how it evolves and if it this is just a the last wave and then they'll shut it down or if it's going to stay open and turn towards other things. Uh, I'm really glad that Pantsuit Nation exists and that these Facebook groups um, are making people feel better and empowered. Uh, but people stop adding me to any of your Facebook groups. Stop it. <laughs> I, I don't know why they allow that. I mean, I can see why it's a, it's a great way to beef up your numbers. If you've got a Facebook page, like if we were, if LRB, if we just added all of our friends to our thing, you know, that's fine. Now we have 20,000 members, but still it's only the 500, 600 people that actually give a shit. It's very weird that you can add somebody and they're just in it. Yes. They don't have to say, okay, I'll join. Yes. Cause as you were saying, you could ju- add anyone to anything. Right. Like I was saying, I could add my friend will, I'll add him to uh, some Satanist group or the KKK group. And then I'll take a screenshot of it while he's in there for the five minutes before he dives out. And then it's like, Hey, look, my friend will is in the KKK group. You know, <laughs> if he ever wants to run for office, I've ruined him. <laughs> I just added you to pantsuit nation. Ann. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> Don't add me. People stop adding me to stuff. Don't worry. Ask me if I want to. That's fine. It Don't seems like me. that should be simple. When somebody friend requests you, you have to accept it. Yes. They add you to a group. You should have to accept it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a hole in the Facebook game right now. I hope they fix that up. So Luke has a gut feeling that this is going to be a blowout. I did too. Yep. Yep. Let's let's move on from that. <laughs> Someone, uh, people have been emailing Andrew, maybe just one person, that it hurts their feelings when they bash Trump, and Andrew has no sympathy for that because the Trump campaign has been all about hurting feelings. So. Turnabout is fair play and get over it. And he says that it's really difficult for him to not take politics personally because he feels that social issues are personal. And I guess they are. I mean, obviously, for some people, they're more personal than others. I think some some are some issues are and some aren't. You know, there are some dry uh, policies that some of us disagree on. It's not personal. And then there are a lot of things that affect your life or someone else's life. And then it does get personal. Yeah, I tend to vote. I mean, I I'm probably going to be fine regardless. Right. Um, I don't really vote uh, my own self interest. I vote for people who need help more than I do. Yeah. Uh, Luke is worried that Trump will not accept the results of the election. Oh, he accepted them, (laughs) and that he (laughs) suddenly the election isn't rigged anymore. Nope. That he, he won't make a concession speech because his body would dematerialize if he tried to do that, <laughs> which was a good line. Uh, he says that we're all trying to do something to fill the hole inside of us and that running for president is Trump trying to fill that hole. I mean, I think if one good, not good thing, if one interesting thing comes out of this, I think he's going to realize that being president is a lot harder than running for president. <laughs> yes. I think he's like Sarah Palin. Sarah Palin wasn't interested in running Alaska. She was interested in winning Alaska. Right. And now that he's won, he's going to actually have to do the job and it's not going to be as easy. And he's talked about how hard this election campaign has been. Well, strap in, pal. 
Um, okay. Uh, Andrew says that in Ohio, he saw a guy with um, Confederate flags just out in the open. I don't know that that's that much of um, a story, but he also had a black and white American flag, and he didn't know what that mean. And I was surprised that Luke actually looked that up. If I can just say now, I looked it up too, and mm-hmm. it's known as possibly known as a thin blue line flag Mm -hmm. supporting police. But I also saw a few things that it possibly symbolizes um, economic distress to do a black and white flag, or there was some cockamamie thing about it being used uh, as in military camouflage, because you don't want the old red, white, and blue on your your camo night Mm. uniform or whatever. I don't know. I saw a lot of these flags in Dallas uh, shortly after that um, horrible cop shooting. Right. So yep. Probably I had a hard time getting mad at it. I mean, I'm not a Blue Lives Matter because that's exclusive and not inclusive, but uh, I, I understand the support. I understand the support, but I think that it's it's a false equivalency. Right. Because for Blue Lives Matter, if you don't want to be in law enforcement, if you don't want to be police, you can stop being a police officer you can't stop being black right so it's just i appreciate people who support the police because they do have a terribly hard job and it's hard to know it's hard for normal people to know how to handle situations much less what officers have to deal with but i don't think that this is the way to go about supporting that's what i mean like just because we're saying black lives matter it it, it's not saying police lives don't matter that's it's not it's not a well, dichotomy like that. as Dave Chappelle said on SNL last night, um, it's it's skin color, not uniform color. If, if he could just slip out of the brown suit, right, <laughs> he'd be already have been gone, right. And um, it was kind of weird, but they did a no point conversion, <laughs> and I wrote down some things. Luke is complaining about the officiating again. He does acknowledge that the bills got screwed, so. Bobby can have cold comfort in that. Uh, Richard Sherman has poor situational awareness. Andrew thinks it was a great game. Luke said, quote, our running game is shite. He really mm-hmm. likes that word. They think Russell Wilson is moving better. And by the end of this, uh, Luke is 20 seconds away from being late to his dentist appointment. Ah, drives me nuts. <laughs> I can't take it when they start talking like about that. No, me neither. Uh, the only thing I have to say about no point conversion besides great notes, Anne. Thanks. I pay attention. Um, you really do. And you hit all the major <laughs> points. The The running back discussion, the running game discussion was the only thing that really made me mad this week uh, because they were talking about how the Seahawks need a new running back. The running back they have is is not going to work out. It's no good or whatever. Okay, well, let's go find a new running back and see how he does every time <laughs> he gets the ball and gets tackled by three guys three yards deep in the backfield. Uh, Jim Brown could be on the team. Eric Dickerson could be on the team. I know these names don't mean a lot to you, but um, Gail Sayers could be on the team and they would be getting tackled three yards deep in the backfield. It's obvious what needs done. The line needs to be fixed. And then all the running backs look better. You could put a, a shitty running back behind a good line and he'll look good. Uh, so guys, let's not look around for new running backs. Let's fix the line. So Wednesday, 2247, powerfully unfunny. Can we joke we about the election? <laughs> the, the, <laughs> it's so fresh when when you know this is Wednesday now. This is this is post election, and the guys know. And 
Veeves, Veeves had her party and, um, you know, uh, how quickly did y'all get to at least being able to joke or talk to people or, um, I wasn't feeling any semblance of normal until about Friday afternoon. Mm -hmm. It took me a while. I was walking around all day Wednesday. I was just sort of sitting, staring at a wall. Um, I, I like to complain and whine about things that don't matter. Uh, but Duff will, will say he knows something's really, really upset if I'm just silent. Yeah. <laughs> I sort of retreat and, and don't know what to do. And I, I barely could, I couldn't think. I was so flabbergasted and scared of what, what this means that I just was in a daze for two and a half, three days. Mm. Yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't watch any coverage of it. I didn't watch his victory speech or her concession speech or I didn't read the paper. I think I probably um, started watching a couple of YouTube clips of the late night shows like Colbert and Seth Meyers probably on Friday. Mm-hmm. Yep. That was mm-hmm. as soon as I could really bear it. I started, uh, it was probably about eight thirty, nine 9 o'clock on election night when I started to, you know, see that it wasn't happening for her. I started to get a knot um, mm-hmm. in my stomach and that knot stayed there all through the next day and I just felt sick and I didn't want to eat and um, intellectually and and like uh, interpersonally I'm really glad that Bobby and I scheduled a recording with Eddie Mm -hmm. for that Wednesday we thought it would be Mm -hmm. you know very celebration-y or whatever but um, uh, all of us wanted to just crawl in a hole but um, my feeling was, uh, we've never we've never gone dark for a show or a week or whatever. So this motherfucker's not going to make that happen. So it was almost a spiteful follow through by recording that, even though I wasn't feeling good, and even though nobody really wanted to talk to each other. But once we started talking, especially once we got through the the our little recap of the election and started talking about the clip and and TBTL and all that. It was great, and I'm really glad I did it because I might have I might have gone for days, like mm-hmm. like y'all, and I I mm-hmm. didn't go through that as much because I I did have to come out of my shell for that. Um, I will say like Emily and I don't do a lot of talking about it because she's still just really kind of not wanting to deal with it, you know. Mm-hmm. So she'll just be walking around doing she's doing a lot of stuff around the house and um. And just not engaging on it. <laughs> so, I don't know. I understand that. Yep. I think the thing for me that um, that really let me know that it was serious for myself was that I haven't been hungry. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I, yeah. I, I'm a good I'm a good eater. You strap my feed bag on three times a day, <laughs> and I'll I'll go. And I'm also an emotional eater, a comfort eater. And I ate uh-huh. most of a pint of salted caramel Hagen Dazs on election night. But I couldn't finish it. I mean, that's a lot of ice cream, but that's not usually a problem for me. And then <laughs> probably the next three days, I was like, oh, this is what people feel when they're just not interested in food. Yeah. I just felt sick and mm-hmm. like my food didn't taste good. It just wasn't enjoyable. Yeah. That was bad. <sighs> so uh, Andrew says that the Veeves party was actually good for him because, you know, like I was saying, when I got together with uh, Bobby and Eddie, that was good for me. He had friends there and he had 
people to talk to and get mm-hmm. get drunk with. And my my favorite part of that discussion is when he walked inside and it was like completely declared for Trump, and he made the sound that Wesley makes in The Princess Bride. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just like the last air escaping from your body. Oh boy. Uh then there's the most emotional um time of the week I think was when Andrew was talking about how his dad voted for Trump. Um he, he when he found out his dad voted for Trump and he cried because he said that his dad uh instilled all kinds of values in him and he just how how could his dad do that it felt he felt very betrayed yeah he said it's the only time he's ever been disappointed with his dad right just broke my heart it was so hard to listen to Mm -hmm. um i i think what's happening is there it's always been this way but so many people vote for just one issue Mm-hmm. You know, and he, he, Andrew's dad, it was the courts, Supreme Court. And you hear a yeah. lot of that. You know, people, this is a very important time coming very quickly for the Supreme Court because there's one opening already. And there's, I mean, there some very old justices. So mm-hmm. uh, there's like, oh, well, we, we need to control the Supreme Courts. And usually that's abortion in right. my experience. Great. But what I want to say about that. If if you're out there, I mean, I I'm not like super pro-abortion. I think it's a tragedy, you know, when someone has to have an abortion. But oh, really? I think that women should have to have two abortions by the time <laughs> they hit twenty-five. <laughs> I think it's awful, and I wish nobody ever had to have an abortion. But I think everyone should have. Yeah. They should have the right to yes. do it. But let me let me just say this: um, it's a state's thing at this point. The ship is sailed. Let's stop. You know, the Supreme Court ain't going to save abortion for you. No, they're going to bring not. back. They're just not bringing 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 back a ban. They're not going to be able to do it. So stop voting courts for that reason, idiots. Yeah, sorry. That's uh, um, Luke says uh, to any Trump supporters that uh, feel hurt um, by anything that's going on on the show this week and any of the talk that's going on, just go fuck yourself. You won. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe he said, "With peace and love, go fuck yourself." <laughs> I would remove the peace and love part, but Luke's yeah. Luke's more of a politician than I am. So, um, I have in my notes he second guesses poll support. I think what he was talking about was the he thinks that that people either lied to or avoided the polls when they some some Trump ashamed Trump voters or something. I think he thinks they were dodging the polls. Or lying because they didn't want I don't know if that's necessarily true. I don't know if that's true either. I think the FBI's announcement so close to the election did her a lot of damage. Mm -hmm. And the polls didn't have time to pick that up. Yeah. Grandma and she also won she won the she won the popular vote by the margin that was (laughs) predicted. So Yeah. Um optimism from the guys that broken bones grow back stronger. I believe this too i believe at least in this case that uh, it's mobilizing for people that you know were have always been on the fence about being activists in any way uh this is a this is a cold slap that says oh well maybe you should follow through with what you always said you were going to do you know all of the yeah i see a lot of people getting fired up and i hope that will not fizzle out I think he he's such a buffoon that he won't it's 
it's it's not like it's not like Mitt Romney got elected and everyone's mad for you know twenty minutes mm-hmm. and then they're like ah Mitt Romney. <laughs> no, we're not mad that a Republican won. We're mad that this Republican exactly. won. <laughs> exactly. And we're not more. We're more than mad. We're f- scared. <laughs> scared and embarrassed. Yeah. <laughs> Got a great combination. <laughs> um, voicemails. They they played a lot of the voicemails. Andrew put out a call on the Stens page, and it seemed like a ton of people called. A lot of people didn't call because they said they would be crying too much. Uh, mm-hmm. That would probably be me too. I'm a crier. Um, I I called. Did did uh, did they play yours, Anne? No. I spent a lot of time thinking about, I mean, he gave about an hour window to call and it took me 40 minutes to work myself into actually doing it. And I, I, and I always, uh, my therapist always talks about, you know, regretting the things that you don't do and you need to, um, you need to set aside, um, what you think people's reactions might be and just speak your truth and so I thought, well, hell, I'll do it. And yeah, I, I felt better for it. Mm-hmm. I almost didn't cry, so I felt pretty <laughs> good about that. Meredith, did you consider calling? Uh, no, it was still too raw for me at that point. I couldn't talk. You weren't even talking. I could barely talk to my you husband. Even... I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> right. <clears throat> yeah, I didn't. I didn't uh, seriously consider doing it because if, if I had been able to put my thoughts together. Then I would have started crying, but uh, I probably would have just made a dying seal noise. <laughs> <laughs> to well, I, I actually I had an interaction that I just I wanted to share. I suppose sure. I may as well share it here now, and that that made me want to make the call. Is that I I felt very numb for myself in my way of dealing with it, but and I was trying to uh, process everything kind of logically and keep the emotions at arm's length. But when I went into my office, one of my lovely, lovely coworkers. Um, um, she's somebody who really leads with her emotions and she was sobbing at her desk Aww. and I couldn't bear it. So I went over into her cube and I just put my arms around her and I hugged her. And um, she's somebody who's been struggling with her weight for a really long time. And she's been on this hardcore diet for the last like three months. Like Burbank ain't got nothing on this diet. And she whispered to me, Anne, I ate McDonald's this morning. Mm. Oh. And I said, oh, honey, I think that's okay. She could have used that effect okay. that, that you and I had. You know, she could have really used that not in the stomach thing instead yep. of the, mm-hmm. the craving. And I, I said to her, we're going to get through this one day at a time, yeah. one French fry at a time. Sure. And I just <laughs> wanted to let the tens know, one French fry at a time. Let's go to Arby's right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Curly fries. Damn good. Absolutely. Um, Luke expects the Trump constituency to turn against him during these four years. I think probably to some degree, but the, the thing is they, they've spent so long uh, this, this is how the um, Bill Simmons friend described it. The Republicans spent so long trying to prevent him from getting the nomination and spent all this time and energy. And then uh, here comes election day and all of a sudden, um, he is their president and now they have control of, they have control of Congress and they can pretty much do whatever they want. So, um, it's, it's crazy because if they had nominated a normal Republican, they would have lost. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they they got this nut and they won and now now they have they have access to the candy store. They can do some things. So while his constituency sorry, constituency may turn against him in some ways, they he's he could be very useful to them right now because yep. he won't yep. veto some of the crazy stuff they want to do. I don't think I'm sure will. that there will be some portion of his supporters that will become disenchanted. I mean, there mm-hmm. were those progressives who felt that Obama didn't get enough done. Yeah. And were very critical of him. I assume that there will be the same right on the other side, but there's also a lot of people who feel that he speaks for them. Right. I think they're going to get disenchanted pretty quick and I think it's already starting to happen. Because he's running as an outsider and his cabinet already is going to be made up of insiders and he's walking back on so many of his policy promises already. When none of the factories open back up in four years. Yeah. That's going to be These factories that, that are going to move to Mexico and he's threatening enormous tariffs on their products. Uh, they're going to move to Mexico <laughs> and he's not going to be, that's not, it's not that simple. You can't just say, now you have a tariff. You know, it's just not going to happen. And those people were fooled, I think. Uh, They talk about how Chappelle's going to host SNL. And um, I watched it last night. It's amazing. Um, Go watch it. Did you all see the open or Chappelle's monologue or anything? I saw the open. That was a beautiful song. Kate McKinnon singing Hallelujah. I watched through Weekend Update, so feel okay. like I saw the parts of the show that I needed yeah. to see. I fell asleep. So I've got it on the DVR, so I'm going to watch it later today. A fun skit. Chris Rock walks into an election party. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At least stay through that. That's that's That was pretty great. Um, Luke, uh, his journey in the night from booze to bleach, it was a tweet <laughs> that, um, that got pretty, pretty well retweeted. Uh, the bleach, I'm sure, was around because he was... He'd gone back down to the basement several times to right because yeah, don't sniff rosemary because you need to keep your nose uh, attuned to mold. Mold. Yep. Uh, Speculation on Trump's actual policies. Uh, I don't. I don't know if that's worth going into for them or us because we just don't. We just don't know because I don't think he knows. It's all speculation. Going to go on, and he tells Ruth Bader Ginsburg to take her vitamins. (laughs) I think they did a skit about that last night, too. Oh, it was on uh, Weekend Update. Yeah, I saw a picture Uh of her chugging emergency. (laughs) It was was almost like Luke Luke wrote the skit. It was pretty pretty great. Um, I was thinking about when was the last uh, wake up for for white white America over all of all of these issues and how we we need to we need to vote with uh, change and we need to be active to make make things better for other people than than us white guys uh and it really hit me when i was in prison and the oj decision came down i was like why how are these people celebrating this i don't i yeah. didn't get it you know it was one other time in in our country's history where i just didn't understand the behavior and you have to just you have to just sit and think about it and we need to think about why this guy could get elected president and whatever that reason is we got to fix it Mm -hmm. fast well i i've been thinking a lot about why and about where do we go from here and what is the culpability of the liberal and progressive movement and okay 
the people who the people who are in the KKK, the white supremacists, the men's rights activists, whatever, those motherfuckers can go fuck themselves, right? You're yes. never going to win them over. It's yeah. a waste of my time and energy to try and deal with them on any level. If you're on Facebook and somebody's being a troll and you want to tell them to fuck it, you know, just I'm going to put a blanket. Sorry, Aiden, on this particular discussion. But if you want to tell them to go fuck it, that's fine. But I don't think that you're accomplishing anything. I think that we need to understand the other people, the people who aren't part of the KKK, but still voted for Trump. And um, I was really enlightened by the This American Life episodes. And Luke talked about that one uh, that Zoe Chase did, where she went to St. Cloud, Minnesota, home mm-hmm. of the Stubod, and talked to people and um, how they were really trying to halt immigration. So it was like a, a, a microcosm of the larger situation. And the thing that got to me is these people are racist because they're afraid, mm-hmm. because they're afraid that their life is changing and their world is changing in a way that they can't control. And they're afraid that if somebody else gets a bigger piece of the pie, it means that their piece of the pie gets smaller. Mm-hmm. And you know what? That might be the truth. And whenever they tried to say, I'm afraid, we told them, you're a bigot, sit down and shut up. And so then they came out when somebody told them that it was okay that they were afraid, mm-hmm. who said, I hear you, I see you, I'm going to help you. The first person who did that, who is a complete monster, they said, yeah, I'll, I'll buy into that. I mean, it's total bullshit, but their fear is real, and their fear then is just as valid as our fear is today. And so mm-hmm. I was thinking, how do we address that? And it's not by telling them they're a bigot, and they're racist, and that they should shut up unless they have something nice to say. Because this is hearts and minds shit. We're not trying to change laws. The laws are changed for the most part. This is hearts and minds. And you're never going to change a mind by telling somebody they're a bad person. Mm -hmm. So I'm not trying to tell anybody that they shouldn't protest or they shouldn't uh, tell somebody they're wrong or they shouldn't work as hard as they can to make this change. But I just think that we have to be more strategic. When you're going to take an action... Let's think about what is this going to accomplish? And if what it's going to accomplish is that it's going to make you feel better or stronger or heard, that's great. I totally support that. But it's not going to change any hearts and minds. And that's the only way we're going to move forward. Well I'm said. done. Well said. Yeah. <sighs> I, I feel like um, we need a, a kindergarten teacher who, you know, because we're all just acting like children and we need a kindergarten teacher to just... Put us on timeout yep. for a minute and then bring everybody back and said, we share. <laughs> we need to share. Everybody's going, my pain, my pain, my pain. And I know whose pain that I personally am aligned with. But saying my pain is stronger than yours, it's not going to get us anywhere. Right. And, you know, you were, you were saying um, maybe my piece of the pie will be a little smaller. Yeah, that's probably true. Yep. But, I mean... Have you seen Americans? Maybe we could stand a smaller, slightly smaller. <laughs> a few of less pie. pieces of pie in our lives. Yeah, maybe maybe if an immigrant comes along and eats a little of my pie, maybe I, that's a little pie I didn't need to eat anyway. Yep, there are a lot of people out there who would be horrified if anybody ever accused them of racism. I mean, they would never be mean or nasty or racist to anybody in their lives, but it 
gets into their system because they're afraid for themselves. They're afraid mm -hmm. for themselves more than they're afraid for anybody else. Mm -hmm. Well, that's uh, that's all I had for Wednesday, but either one of you have any? Well, we can't let Wednesday go by without mentioning the anonymous constipated listener. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was enough said. She's the first yes. time she's been constipated in her life. I had a couple of other notes, and one was the discussion of Professor Bananas lumping it up. Yeah. Which I bring up because I think that's going to uh, enter TBTL terminology, the <laughs> mm -hmm. whole concept of lumping it up. And also, I was very amused by um, Luke saying that Chuck Schumer is like Wedge Antilles in Star Wars, as he started to try and make some twisted Star Wars metaphor. And, <laughs> and that's also, I think, going to become a thing, as it already became a thing later yeah, in the week. Always so. dangerous territory when he tries to get into the uh, science fiction. Yep. All right, Thursday, 2248, a very specific set of insecurities. Uh, Luke's in Chicago for Wait, Wait, and his arrival to his hotel was delayed by anti-Trump protesters. Uh, it sounds like he tried to talk to his Uber driver about it and tried to talk to some of the protesters without sounding like a 40-year-old creep. <laughs> and he came away with a not great impression of these tr protesters, probably because uh, it was late, and some of the the most serious ones had dissipated. The and ones with had homes kind of different to go to, right? <laughs> to go to work in the morning. Right. <laughs> I was I was thinking about the these protests, by the way, which I totally support people's constitutional right to to protest, but um, it's such bad press. And we talk about um, how we have such a proud tradition of protesting, and I'm thinking back to the civil rights, and it's like, but we didn't have the media coverage. Right. back then. So when you had your group of asshole anarchists who have absolutely nothing to do with the protests and just want to come out and break shit, the other side didn't used to see that back in the day. And now it's everywhere within minutes or seconds. And so I think that makes protesting a much trickier thing mm. to do now. Yeah, there was violence, I guess, in Portland, right? Yeah, they're saying over a million dollars in damage. I saw the video of the guys at the car dealership just going down the line and um, smashing one windshield after another. That's not productive, guys. Yeah, those motherfuckers can go fuck themselves, yeah, too. they can. Get out of our protests. Totally. Um, Andrew says, speaking of science fiction, that he's going to be hiding in a Star Trek Next Generation cubbyhole for the next four years. <laughs> And they wonder if they should help us channel our anger by getting everything about Star Trek and Star Wars confused. <laughs> Star Force and TIE Wings and X-Fighters. That's very considerate of them. It's, it's, it's nice that they, they're willing to do so much work to make us happy. <laughs> um, they feel like all we need right now is some happy, irrelevant news. And so Andrew implored, implored the... Uh, owners of newshugs.com to, to bring their site back. And we find out the next day that they do. Um, and Andrew talks a little bit about a happy subreddit, which he won't name because he still won't admit that he's a Reddit user. <laughs> what is that? Right. I mean, I wouldn't either, <laughs> but I actually don't use it. So he talks about it an awful lot. Yes. For not, not knowing anything about of course. it. Did either of you guys check out newshugs? Yes. No, I, I did. Haven't. I, I really like the story below Jeremy the Snail, which was, is this a cat or a dog? Yes. <laughs> I think I'm going to make this my homepage for the next four years, <laughs> even if it never changes again. 
they talk a little bit about Jeremy, the deformed snail, <laughs> uh, and who has found Lefty, a girlfriend, and Luke says they're in love. I'm, I'm a little skeptical that snails are capable of feeling love. Right. But I read a bit about them, and they have tried to mate, which is... And how does one get the uh, nickname Lefty? Because the the uh, swirl on the shell oh, is facing the wrong way. Gotcha. So that everything on them is reoriented I thought to she was a quote, shady unquote, normal snail. Right. So they don't <laughs> fit with normal snails. I thought that was fascinating. I learned a lot about snail reproduction. Did you know that their sex organs are on their heads? And their hearts. Right. <laughs> and they're hermaphrodites. Yeah. So really saying Jeremy and his girlfriend is a little disingenuous. That's right. just being heteronormative. But I thought that was so interesting. <laughs> um, they talk about how to handle the next four years of this presidency. And Luke says he wants a forget-me-now, which I thought he was misremembering the forget-me shot from The Simptons. But I looked it up and there is a forget-me-now in Arrested Development. It's a roofie, basically, that that Job uses. Um but I had a fun time looking up the, the ingredients for the forget-me shot, which is Jägermeister, slow gin, triple sec, quadruple sec, gunk from a dog's eye, absolute pickle, <laughs> red stripe from aquafesh toothpaste, venom of the Louisiana lobato moth. You add the ingredients to a glass, stir with a pregnancy test until it shows positive and drink. Well, that should do the trick. <laughs> have some shopping to and do. And then... Yeah, <laughs> you got plenty of that dog eye gunk. Yeah, we got that laying around. I'm sure. <laughs> uh, Luke says that he just wants that that uh, forget me drug for the next four years. I think he's talking about conscious sedation, and he talks a little bit about how creepy that is. And I agree, uh, mm-hmm. but it is a wonderful drug. It's called Versed or Midazolam, and it relaxes you. So that's one mechanism, but it also causes. Um, anterograde amnesia, meaning it prevents memories. So you just never, you, you're awake and the, the doctors can talk to you and you can follow commands, but you will never remember what they did, which is very creepy. Very. I've had it before. Uh, it works really well, uh, which I'm thankful for. You don't really want to remember those things. I want to try it. You've never had it? No. They pr- you probably have. I mean, if you had surgery, that's one of the things that they'll oh, give really? you right before when they say you're going to have something that'll make you very sleepy. Oh, you know what? I think when they put the whatever stent or whatever before I had my major surgery, I think I was yes. under that stuff. It is used for that a lot. Because so, I didn't go to sleep, but but I, after a certain point, I don't remember a goddamn thing. Right. They'll, they'll, they'll use it. So you're awake when they put you on the table, mm-hmm. you know, when they wheel you into the operating room and stuff, but you don't remember any of that. Um, and they use it for colonoscopies, setting bones, sometimes mm-hmm. for dental procedures. So you probably have had it. Um. Andrew talks a little bit about Charlie Brown getting kissed by the little redhead girl finally, but he faints and knocks his head and doesn't remember it. So did it really happen? <laughs> How could you not knock your head when you fall over and you're Charlie Brown? Have you seen that melon? <laughs> you're a great risk. The 75% head. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, the top story for today is that cartoon villain and second worst American Martin Scully played some Wu-Tang in celebration of the election of the first worst American Donald J. Trump. Um, they wonder if he supports Trump or if he's just trolling us. I think probably both. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, they speculated about whether he could have been a Bernie bro. And I was like, come on. He There's had a no Bernie way. sticker, well, he, but that was also probably loves, just trolling. Uh, he loves dis- redistribution of wealth, meaning all into his <laughs> bank account. Into his pocket, yeah. 
<laughs> they talk about how he's kind of like your asshole childhood friend who sucked but had a lot of fun yes. toys. Yes. So you like the person who had a pool. They've talked about this a lot. The kid who mm-hmm. had a pool. So you go over and hang out at their house even though you don't like them. Um, and then let's see. There were a lot of sirens. I? In the in the those two songs, it just seemed like yeah. it was just mostly sirens. I've never been a huge Wu Tang fan, but it just sounded like regular old Wu Tang to me. Mm-hmm. And the thing was, the the quality of the recording was so poor. Yeah, and there was there was all that he noise. He was playing it off and his then, phone into into right. Facebook or something. And and Andrew goes, "Oh, maybe I played those in the wrong order." And no, I was like, who, who the cares? fuck cares? It sounded exactly the same. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I can see why Lawsuit Face didn't want to be involved in, in that, uh, right. that right. recording. The other thing I was thinking is it's so strange that Wu-Tang would do this, put out one album for millions of dollars, because, I don't know, traditionally hip-hop has been so antithetical to everything that Skrelly and Trump and and are about. You know, it's it's not about old white dudes who have a ton of money. Mm-hmm. Um, and if if they were trying to make it statement about art i kind of would disagree that it's good art um i kind of subscribe to the theory that art is a form of communication and i guess they communicated to one asshole Mm. they it was just commerce at that point yeah maybe it's that thing where the lack of communication is a kind of communication in and of itself bullshit because we all know about it and are right (laughs) grumpy that we can't buy the album for 12.99 on itunes um Next up is a talk of prison break with some stuff dropped by drones into a prison yard. I think Mike, maybe you should give us our, your take on this. Probably, I, I'm I'm not up with um, a lot of guys that are still in, but I imagine drones uh, are a thing. They should probably throw up some metal mesh or something over the prison yeah. yards. I mean that that's how you would solve that. But <clears throat> um, about the uh, the old timey prisons in. <laughs> In Britain, I'm sure that they at least are up to date on how to count prisoners, which is like every, <laughs> every two or three hours, uh, you get, you get counted wherever you are. You have to stay there and get counted. And like during the night, they will, um, well, at four o'clock in the afternoon, for example, in the, in the feds, it's stand up count time. And that's where you have everybody in the entire institution has to be standing by their bunk and the, uh, the guards, um, count everybody. And then the rest of the day, the counts, you don't have to stand up, but you, they have to see some skin. So you can lump up your bed. You can lump it up like, mm. like, was it Theo or Professor Bananas? <laughs> Professor Bananas. Yeah, <laughs> Professor Bananas. You can lump it up like Professor Bananas, but like when the guard is going by your cell, if they don't see any skin, they tap the door, the bars until you wake up and stick a hand out or something. Mm-hmm. or stick your mm-hmm. head out because i mean I, that happened to me and my celly sometimes like you you're really sleeping good and you and you're it's a little chilly and you pull a blanket over your head and you tap 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 see some skin and you're like shit all right i'm here so um i don't know how these guys did it but if this prison was built in 18 in the 1840s i, I think um it's probably pretty defeatable I would guess. And yeah, I would yeah. hate to be in one of those prisons because I, the only exercise yard I ever saw was like Mr. Bates walking in a circle, limping in a circle <laughs> in Downton Abbey. And that, that's right. no good. There's nobody's playing basketball or baseball or anything. That's, that sucks. I mean, there was a picture of, I don't, I don't know my prison terminology. I guess the main tier that was in the article that it looked sort of reasonably up to date to me. But the only prison I've ever been in is Alcatraz, so 
compare to. They haven't updated that one in no, a while. No, not no. a lot of updates. Uh, yeah, uh, Luke suggests a ban on top sheets because <laughs> these are <laughs> these are used not only to to lump up prisoners but to tie together to make uh, escapes. And I think while I was at mm-hmm. King County Jail, um, somebody tried to do that do a sheet escape and. Um, problem is, is King County Jail's downtown, and someone was like, "Hey, there's a guy." <laughs> <Look>. <laughs> you know, there's. Uh, it's not a ban. Well, it is, I guess, a ban. My mom works at a psychiatric hospital, and I worked there too when I was in college. And they don't allow them to have top sheets because you can strangle yourself yeah, with them. Yeah, pretty shoelaces. Mm. So sheets, no shoelaces. No, you know, there's a lot of things you can't have. You can't have belts. You can't have shoelaces. You can't have sheets. Um, Anything that could be a stabbing implement or a hanging implement is strictly forbidden, mm-hmm. probably for the for for the best. Um, they talk about how handsome one of the escaped prisoners is. Uh, I'm going to refute that. I don't, <laughs> yeah, I don't see it. Disagree. Uh, he looks drunk and sleepy, and he's got clown ears. Yes, he's got a nice jawline and a nice mouth. Yes, but and he's, yeah, he has good hair. I'll, yeah. I'll say that. Although say that's a, that's in hair. that's in the negative category for me so right. i i shared a picture of of jeremy meeks who i think is the handsomest felon of all time maybe because he's balding yeah. um has a shaved head but also he's just like so much more handsome than this sleepy englishman but here's yeah, he's thing. not my type either but he has a teardrop you're dealing with with <laughs> with sleepy head with bedhead here and and trophy head ears guy mm-hmm. um at least he's not a killer He's just a. That's true. He's just yes. a burglar. So yeah, I would, I would they, the other guy that escaped the other guy. was a murderer. Yeah, that's true. Well, I'm not talking about their virtues yeah. as humans. I'm just talking about their pictures. Sure, sure. Their mugshots. <laughs> yeah. So you're please, going Mike, with... let us objectify prisoners. <laughs> <laughs> there's some appeal to the prisoner, I think, for the escape prisoner. Um, there's some appeal there because you. Yeah, you, I can see you, that. You have power over them because you can turn them in. You know, <laughs> mop the floor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or else, exactly. I don't feel like going to the grocery store. Why don't you go? <laughs> but I don't want to go. Um, oh, let me just reach for my phone here. Yeah, okay. see what your parole officer <laughs> okay. has to say about that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Moving on, for some reason, to famous Albanians. Uh, they look because Martin the Wik- Shkreli is Albanian. Yes, yes. Okay. So Luke is worried that he got dropped from the list, and they go through an extensive oh, yeah. list of categories of Albanians. <laughs> All for naught, because we find out the next day that he's not on that particular list, and he never has Just been. Just naming Albanians for two days. Just naming Albanians. <laughs> I don't know. I'm confused because I went to look for myself, and it it was the I think list of Albanian Americans. He's not on there. He's not? As of this morning, I don't know if it's a different page. I'm understanding mm. how Andrew could have made them, this mistake because I've double-checked that it was Albanian-American. Are Albanian-Americans those who were born in Albania? Or what? 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 what is the label that Luke falls under? And what is the label that someone who emigrated falls under? Um, list of Albanian-Americans. It's on Wikipedia. It was really easy to find. Eliza Dushku and her brother, the actor... They were both born in Boston, but they're listed on one of those things. So that tells me mm-hmm. that that is the list that Luke should be on. Uh, including both original immigrants who obtained American citizenship and their American descendants. Okay. So it should be everybody there. 
and he's not on there. Somebody posted the screenshot on the Stens page that I actually did laugh out loud on there. Mm-hmm. Um, in one of the uh, comments, then <laughs> Derek posted a screenshot where it says Luke Burbank, radio and podcast host, not Twitter verified. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. You're right. I don't see it either. I'm, I'm trying uh-huh. to look and I can't, I can't find Emmy it. Emmy award winning. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Still not Twitter verified. Um, moving on to emails, we get a nice email from a woman of Hillary's generation who wants to remind us that they started this whole civil rights thing yeah. and to not despair. So that was awesome. And then um, an email from another man who feels a similar sense of disappointment that Andrew feels about his father voting for Trump. Um little digression to go Browns and we get to hear that Tierra got tickets for the Browns Ravens game for $35. <laughs> Hot Way to go. Yep. I think if she'd held out a little longer, she could have gotten them for even cheaper. It's Probably. a hard road to be a Browns fan, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. All right. Friday, 2249, the salad days of Muterhead. Luke has graduated to watching non-news shows, i.e., off-brand judge shows like Judge Joe Brown. <laughs> Judge He's so Judy right. So far. I like, didn't know these were still there's on. There's like three channels because we got TV again this week. There's like three channels where all it is all day is just judge after judge after judge. Mostly African-American ladies, but they're still... There's a couple of white guys, and then Judge Judy is still... I think she's one of the richest people on the planet from doing that. Yeah. It's, it's all judges all the time. And if you if you start watching those shows, I sort of disagree with Luke. It's, it's not great because you just start to feel like, how many dummies are out there? Because it's yep. just dummy versus dummy. That's what this show should be called. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think some people watch those shows to feel better about themselves. Uh-huh. I watch those shows and I feel worse about humanity. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You, you fall in one of those two camps, and Luke's enjoying it. I don't want to take that away from him because he's one of those. Nope. But I'm I'm one of those that just despairs. <laughs> yep. Why are you here for four hundred dollars? What? <laughs> what? What possibly? How is this worth it to you? Exactly. Uh, Andrew uh, introduces the the breaking news. Sound or sound effect? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I don't think it sounds too much like an old-time news ticker the way they said. The whole beep, 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 that's more electronic than I, I the think ticker tape. They're talking about some old, like old radio sound effects when they had breaking news. Not so Could much be. the actual machine, because when I was in newsrooms, when I was in college and just out of college, it was the... Um, um, the dot matrix thing, and it, you know the thing would start, and then you'd get your, you'd rip right. off your report or whatever, and so that's I think that's what they were talking about. But that the noise he was making, I think, was like uh, like newsreel, you know, yeah, old timey newsreel. Say, oh, like look at the boys are back from Japan, whatever. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good. Getting yeah. a kiss from his sweetheart. Uh, this leads Luke into wondering about were we more or less informed in the days of the the rip and read tickers um because i I would guess there's so much saturation that we can choose to believe whatever we want to believe, whereas in the old days there were fewer news sorts sources and they were more vetted maybe. yeah well, we know a lot more about chemtrails now, so we do that's good. <laughs> we do. And they go into a whole round of what I wrote down as news ticker foolishness, where they were doing their their breaking news sound effects at, and trying to time them to do it together and in harmony. And <laughs> it was pretty great. Yeah, yeah, it was. 
And the whole reason that uh, this started was because Andrew has breaking news that News Hugs, the site, is up and running with the Jeremy the Snail story included. Mm -hmm. So that's great. And more breaking news. They go back to the list of Albanian Americans, and they said he was looking at Albanians and not Albanian Americans. But I, I think there's a conspiracy going on here. And they talk about Albanian names and how, quote, the umlauts are pretty metal. <laughs> I don't actually – I don't know any Albanian. I didn't think that they used umlauts in Albanian, but I guess I haven't checked, so I shouldn't say anything about it. Um, they talk about uh, tweeting in anger, and there's a lot of, of tweeting in anger going around these days, mm -hmm. and how um, you're never happy that you did it. I mean, you just send it off and blast that person, and you never feel great about it the next day. But you – always have the impulse to do it the next time. You continue to struggle with that <laughs> desire, even though you know that you feel bad about it afterwards. I I think the, the angry stuff, yes. But I think if you come back at somebody with, like, for for example, uh, Bobby got involved with a, in a thread with a listener who, um, a woman who voted for Trump, and, you know, they were going back and forth. And one of her issues, I think, was that Obamacare was terrible and that she didn't know anybody that had benefited from it. And uh, this was also a Facebook friend of mine. So I got I, got, I just jumped on the thread and just let the person know that, you know, well, now you do know someone who if it if we weren't able to sign up for insurance because um, we had pre-existing conditions of mine being um the chronic disease of diabetes and her and my wife's being brain cancer. If we hadn't been able to sign up for insurance and pay, we pay a pretty penny for it. Actually, as insurance goes, we pay over a thousand bucks a month, but we wouldn't have a house and we'd be hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. So mm -hmm. now, you know, someone, so I fired that back, but it wasn't in anger, you know? So I think <laughs> so, some, there's a, there's a middle ground there where I didn't want to get involved, but I just felt like she needs to hear from somebody. Well, you weren't you weren't saying that to be like, bam, gotcha. Yeah, exactly. It was to be like, listen, you do know people who have benefited from right. this. That was a statement of fact, and she needed to be corrected. So, I on mean, that. and yeah. and I normally don't. I mean, you guys know that. I don't. I back off of stuff a lot because people do kind of come at us <laughs> sometimes, and and I I I use a lot of discretion, but. I think, yeah, I mean, and, and I've had times on, on the internet where I will fire back in anger and won't feel too bad about it. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think for certain people like Luke or, or Andrew, they're always going to feel bad about it. Because I think Luke, Luke fires back. Um, he doesn't think too much about it. He just thinks of mm -hmm. some lemmy, lemmy joke. And <laughs> yeah. Well, and the setting is so important. He was talking a couple of weeks ago about a work situation when they lost some recording. He wanted mm -hmm. to fire off some angry emails. That's different than than sending a, a, a grumpy tweet. Yeah. That's very different. That's your colleagues. Those are people you have <laughs> exactly. to work with. Right. That's something that is your livelihood. You should be a little You're more careful about see, that. You're not going to see Lemmy tomorrow. Right. Not to say you should be a jerk on the internet, but uh, think you know double time about... <laughs> sending off a mean email to your work mm, colleagues. People that you're going to need right. to do things for you. Yeah. And he's always had that strong, he characterizes it always as that fight or flight response that somehow in his, his lizard brain, he interprets this as a threat. Yeah, he's being attacked. Back. It's embarrassment yeah, and I think, for him. It's his trigger. He doesn't like yeah. being embarrassed. 
Yeah. Yep. And and I think also I, there was some talk of the the Seahawks in this somewhere because I wrote down in my my notes that his identity is so wrapped up in <laughs> mm-hmm. being a Seahawks fan that that does feel very personal. I think to yeah. him. That's what the guy came at him with is that the Seahawks fans are always crying about the officials, which. Um, oh yeah. I I mean, as a general statement. Pretty true. I'm not one of those who does, but as a general statement, Lemmy's not too far off on that. And Luke is definitely one of those Seahawks fans who's always crying about the officials. Yep. I don't know too much about sports, but I feel like most sports fans are usually crying about the officials. Is that Eddie that has a problem with sports? We know that's not Molly. (laughs) That's for sure. (laughs) And here I was just talking about how calm he is. I think Duff just got home. It's okay. Um, The... They go on to a discussion of umlauts. I guess the idea of umlauts was just hanging in the back and um, about how the umlaut used in Motley Crue, I think they must be talking about the one over the U, is incorrect. And that is the case. That's, that's incorrect. If you have the E, to, to put the E after the uh, U, that's sort of um, compensating for the umlaut. And to right. have mm-hmm. both is just redundant. Mm-hmm. But it looks cool. It does. It looks real cool. <laughs> and my favorite line of the week came in here when they were talking about um, whether Luke would choose coffee over alcohol, if that was that particular Sophie's choice. And mm-hmm. Luke said, I like my coffee like I like my wine. And Andrew said, two at a time. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Right. Good callback. Yep. Uh, Andrew comes up with a silver lining alert for this whole mess is that he had not been able to shower for two days. And given his normal multiple showers a day schedule, they are um, really going to solve the drought problem that way. I was thinking also the Trump election may just solve the immigration issue because who wants to come to this country now? What Mexican in their right mind wants to come over here? <laughs> well, who's going to do all the raping? We need to get him. We need to get him up here. True, mm-hmm. true. Uh, Luke had a good experience at wait, wait, don't tell me. He was really kind of uh, anxious about how the whole thing was going to go, and you know how is he going to go and and make the funny on a public radio news quiz show? But it it turns out that it. It was a pretty good thing, and Peter Sagal was hugging everybody and, and gave a pep talk. I haven't listened to the show yet, so... Um, I haven't either, I'll, but I'm I'll looking forward to it. interested to see how that uh, turned out. I don't think I've heard this many people talk about when is it okay to laugh, when can we start, you know, being positive again since 9-11. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it feels like a tragedy, not quite on that scale, but... It's a, it's such so interesting to me how how much it parallels how we felt after I, that. I think uh, people were able to joke a lot faster because no one was physically harmed. Right, but right. I think they will be. I think they will as be. a, <laughs> we went into sort of an engagement um, funk. You know the mm-hmm, way mm-hmm. the way we we probably did after nine eleven. Maybe not. I mean, maybe nine eleven made us feel more together, and this makes us feel shittier. I don't know. Right. It's it it's as it's a similar impact, but it just happened in a different way. Yeah, and a different. We also didn't have Twitter. Yeah, everyone wasn't yeah, interacting, true. yelling at yelling at each other all over social right. media at the time. Yep, and they talk about how how do they hit this balance between staying engaged and not being enraged for the next four years? And I feel that 
for myself. Like I already have the um, the impulse to just draw back. Mm-hmm. Like I uh, I downloaded three novels on my Kindle the other mm-hmm. day because I feel like I just I can't be in in the news cycle and all of that like i need to protect myself and go off into back into fantasy world i'm already working on my own personal fantasy but oh, yeah. until i get there quite developed, <laughs> stay in, yeah. in other people like it <laughs> i think what i'm what i've been doing the last couple of days is uh kind of comforting myself by thinking about how he never wanted to be president and he doesn't right. know how to be president and he is going to hate it. He's going to be miserable. He's going to be scared. He doesn't want to live at the White House. So I'm already kind of eating up all the news about how he's changing his positions and how he is trying to not fully mm-hmm. immerse himself in this. Uh, pictures of him Googling how to be the president uh, just kind of give me some some warmth in my heart. So uh, it's not kind of me to uh, take pleasure in his inevitable failure, but that's kind of how I'm dealing with it right now. Mm-hmm. As long as you don't start thinking about Pence taking over. Blech. No, I'm blocking that out. <laughs> you know what's really making me mad? is having to see Giuliani's smug face all Ugh. over the news talk mm-hmm. programs. Yeah. Yeah. I hate that guy. Me too. He has a lot of face. And, and Trump's <laughs> awful sons getting whatever position they're bound to get in the administration. And Chris Christie getting rewarded for being a yeah, giant He was just asshole. demoted. That made me happy. <laughs> That's one bright spot. We're doing some really complicated mental gymnastics. Yeah. To keep myself sane here. <laughs> well, on to a less fraught top story. Uh, the Seahawks player Cassius Marsh um, was keeping his valuable collection of Magic the Gathering decks in uh, his backpack, which got stolen out of his car. And he is tweeting and um, pleading for whoever took it just to... To give it back. They said it's estimated to be at $20,000 to $25,000 in value wow. for all these cards. And he's been collecting them his whole life, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, my friend, uh, Michael Kirsch, who I used to work with, big magic guy, travels to tournaments and shit like that. I don't even know if he makes money on it, but he's he's uh, big into the Magic the Gathering. And I sent him that list and he, and he was appalled that someone wouldn't have this under lock and key. <laughs> <laughs> oh, victim blaming, huh? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> and this leads us to a couple of Luke stories about uh, one time when some people tried to steal his Honda Accord and another time when he yelled at some teenagers who were in his car for hmm. whatever reason. He does seem to have the worst luck when it comes to cars and car break-ins. Yeah. He's told a lot of stories about My that. My brother used to... Uh, he had a lot of kind of cheap cars, but with really expensive stereos. He loved to, loved a good stereo in his car. So subsequently, he, his car was broken into all the freaking time, you know. So uh, one time he got a silent alarm. This was like the last car, the last car that he put a good stereo in. He got a silent alarm. And so the middle of the night, he gets the alarm goes off, you know, and he, he goes out there and the guy's still working on it. <laughs> My brother holds the guy at gunpoint until the cops come. It was like the Whoa. greatest triumph of his life. <laughs> I can imagine. Because he'd had his stereo ripped off so many times. Or wow. or his car just ruined while they were trying to steal it. And then his alarm went off. And then, of course, yeah. they've already half ripped it out and ruined his, his uh, window and all that. 
I've never had my car vandalized or broken into or anything. My dad had uh, several times, a lot of that because he was gay. So people would spray paint fag on his car and stuff like that. Um, But he he always had beaters for that reason. And he would leave his doors and windows Mm -hmm. open. (laughs) <laughs> when it wasn't snowing or raining, just like, please okay, take, you know, the change in my <laughs> ashtray. Just please don't break my window. I can't afford to fix yeah. it. Please just stop. You know, I'll make this easy for you. Ugh. Luke is, is pretty tickled. I think Andrew is tickled as well about how they like to see it when athletes are into nerdy stuff. Yeah. Uh, athletes, they're right. just like us. <laughs> Although he does say that... um when he was, when they were in Minnesota and they were talking to a couple of people at the Livewire meetup, I wasn't in that conversation, but I think this was Ian and Graham from Superior. Hey guys, I don't know if you listen, but about how magic is actually a lot like poker. And then, of course, Luke can get on board with that. Mm-hmm. And at this point, I think Andrew's going to play some tape associated with this. And um, they play an ad for the official kombucha of the Seahawks. <laughs> And Luke says, what the actual fuck? <laughs> That's pretty amazing. And then amazing. There, there's, some, there's yeah. some kombucha talk and about homemade kombucha. And the worst thing about homemade kombucha is how everybody keeps asking Luke to try it. How do you know if kombucha has gone bad? You know what I mean? You don't. It just gets better and better. <laughs> it really just gets... <laughs> uh, the, the kombucha thing and the connection with the Seahawks made me think of, uh, are there... Uh, I'm not saying everyone who drinks kombucha is vegan or vegetarian, but are there uh, vegan football players? Because Emily was listening to um, a, one of those half sexy books, and there was the there was a football player, a pro football player in there that was vegan, and I was thinking that's not happening. There's no way you can keep your your muscle mass, and you can't keep your yeah. weight up. You know, I, I have one counterpoint to that. Uh, one of my yoga teachers is a bodybuilder. Mm-hmm. She's a well, she's not vegan. She's a vegetarian, but she's a uh, pretty strict vegetarian, uh, and she's a bodybuilder and a yoga teacher, and she is ripped. Well, I was I was going to say what opened my eyes a little while ago is I found out when Colin Kaepernick started doing his kneeling during the national anthem, I found out that he he became a vegan um, at some point, I think maybe last year or the year before, and there there was a lot of um, there were a lot of articles about how he's lost body mass and he's lost. You know, he really actually can't play football as well anymore, but I don't know if that has to mm-hmm. do with what, what's in his head or what's in his mm-hmm. heart or right. what's, you know, how strong or fast he is. But I thought, well, yeah, there's there's one pro football player who's doing it, but God, it would I be so, so hard. How much would you have to eat? I'm sure it could be done, but you you'd know? have to be so strict about what you were eating, how much fat and protein you were getting. Mm-hmm. Just avocados mainlined all day long? I don't know. <laughs> Well, I'm kind of upset at kombucha right now because when I was in San Francisco, all I wanted was a GD caffeine-free Diet Coke, right? And there was not a single (laughs) gas station, grocery store, Walmart, anything, but they all had kombucha. They had rows and rows of kombucha in the gas stations in San Francisco. Oh, there's a gas station here in Dallas that has kombucha on tap. No, uh, but no yeah. caffeine-free diet cokes. I realize I am part of a small population of Can weirdos. Can you fire a shot that. of like cherry or lime flavoring in with it, like at the AMPM? No, <laughs> in the kombucha. They have a lot of different flavors though, on tap that are changing with the seasons. Oh my god! Mm. Yum yeah. yum. How do you know? How do you know when it's time to clean those taps? <laughs> well, this one's all gunky and gross. Yeah, that's just the kombucha. 
Okay. That's what kombucha we is. We cleaned it yesterday. That's just that's just the kombucha. Uh, music for your weekend. Uh, we get uh, a note. Was it a voicemail? It was a voicemail from Stubot, who would like to hear Leonard Cohen, Tower of Song. And they talk about Leonard Cohen, I think, for a lot less time than they normally would have. And talk about their formative experiences with the movie Pump Up the Volume. <laughs> and that makes Luke want a Leonard Cohen song, too. So he chooses Bird on the Wire. And I really wish that Andrew had also picked some Leonard Cohen just because, but he went with something we've heard before, the loving sisters saved the world. That was kind of a depressing choice. Yeah, it was. Yeah. He's still kind of depressed. Yep. Yeah. As are we all. Mm-hmm. All right. Housekeeping. Um, Christy's working on a special project for y'all over the holidays. So if you have any questions for Mike about his life of crime, or anything on that week of episodes that he did on TBTL, uh, please let us know. Send us an email to littleredbandwagon at gmail.com and let us know your questions for Mike. Um, you should listen to the most recent episode of Earbuds and Earworms. It's all about space. And check out the most recent Nerd Out Loud, which has our friend Jeremy Henson. And if you'd like to get involved with the show, please visit us at littleredbandwagon.com. You can fill out the form to be a guest on the show like Eddie was this week. And who knows what other national tragedy may have occurred that you mm. can pull us out of. Right. Uh, <laughs> come and see us on our Facebook page or on the Stens page. The show Twitter is at LRB Podcast. Or drop us a line, get us those questions for Mike at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. Or send us a voicemail or text at 802 432 TBTL, that's 802-432-8285. Well, guys, we did it. We we did. We got through it. Maybe we made it. Trump will probably never come up on the show again. We, we're done. Probably with that, not. With that subject. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. But I appreciate uh, you guys crawling out of your shell and uh, and joining me. And 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 I also want to retroactively thank again uh, Eddie and Bobby for doing that show. On Wednesday morning, as we were all typing into our computers, we're like, "I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this." <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. but it was it was great. So if you haven't listened to it, go back and listen. to Yeah, it, it was good to listen to. If I, I I had to wait until about Friday, but I I listened and it was really it was really <clears throat> fun. Yeah, Eddie's great. Yeah, so uh, that's it for this week. Um, I guess uh, no mountain too tall, and wait until the next party. What's our thing? Until next time, <laughs> this is the next party. We love you, Jen. Let me do the. Let me do that. I never get to do this one. Nailed it. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. Thank you. <laughs>